Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, Rockers. Welcome back to Extra Credit, the Rock You Podcast. I'm your co-host, Seth Hinckley, sitting across from a guy who's waving his head around like there's no tomorrow. Stretching the, the edge to my Larry Mullen Jr., <laughs> lead guitarist of the Doodads, the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Black. How you doing, podcast people? We're happy you're here. What are you wearing today? Today I'm wearing my Bob Marley Live in London 1976 Rasta Man Vibration Tour t-shirt. Nice. Bob Marley and the Whalers, I should say. Yeah. Don't forget the Whalers. And I'm wearing my Switchfoot shirt with their super cool logo on it. And you'll see why here in a bit. So what are we doing today on our big segment? I'm not sure, 100% sure we define this the same way. So I'll say what I think we're doing and then maybe you should say what you think we're doing. Okay. But we'll see how this works. We'll figure it out. So we were playing with the vague idea of, no, the vague-ish idea of, um, what is vague-ish? More or less vague than vague? That's an interesting philosophical that's question that, for yeah, you people out there. Yeah, that's vague-ish. Vague-ish? <laughs> if it's ish, is it less vague? Is it... Uh, Maybe? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> most philosophical or perhaps most inspirational songwriters or perhaps artists. Right. What do you think it was? That's kind of what I was thinking. All right, good. For. We're in the same zip code. We're in the same zip code. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So what I was going to say, this isn't inspirational or philosophical songs, mm -hmm. which would be a completely different list for me. I also did not interpret it as songs. Okay. Yeah. So my list is of artists and bands that have a catalog of songs that inspire me and a lot of other people in general. These are artists that I like to listen to when I feel a need to be inspired or have some positivity pumped into my brain. I didn't necessarily go for positivity. Okay. But music with a yeah. message, yes. I think, is yeah, more hey, right exactly we should have gone we with that. That's music perfect. With a music message. with a message. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I was going to say, too, I also vacillated between the artist, the artist's entire catalog, a single album, which is brilliant. I didn't use anything that was just a song, though. Okay. I'm with you there. Cool. So, who started are we last still doing, time? Well, are we still doing criteria? Yeah, we can do criteria. No, sure. I was just going to say, because I also, when I had a tough choice to make, and I did a lot, yeah. uh, I tried to favor songwriting styles that had more to do with a universal experience than a personal experience, if that okay. makes sense. I'm yes. inspired, and many songs touch my soul, but they're clearly personal. Right. Um, I was looking for something where the artist was definitely trying to make the world a better place, yes. lift the spirit, educate people. At the same time, I tried to avoid, and it was difficult, I tried to avoid songwriters or artists who I think hit you over the head. Okay. I was looking for something where there's a musical value to the delivery, even if you take the message out of it at the same time. Okay. Does that make sense? All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I went with music that I thought was amazingly awesome. That's a good choice always for that the top five yes yeah. definitely yeah. but music with a message yep. something that spoke some sort of universal type of message to the audience at large and it didn't have anything to do with well sometimes it has something to do with me personally however that's not the intent of the music and that's why i chose these artists was because the intent of their music was to be music with a message Mostly positivity. I'm so. tempted to suggest we start over and just say top five, mu top five examples of music with a message. Music with a message. All, all right. right. Well, let's just call it that. All right. Well, maybe we'll cut out all this chatter. But anyway, no, like, should we, should we jump into it? it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll Wait, start hold on. first. I should, I should be able to remember that. I'll right? start first, and I'll give you the last word. Yeah, you How's went. That work? I went first last time, so you go first this time. Okay. Yes. At number five for me, an Wait, artist what? over under on overlaps. Oh. Uh, 0.5, and I'm going to take the under. I don't think we're going to have any overlaps. 
I don't know. We might we might have an overlap. Want to bet the over? There. Go for it. Okay, Just I'll take the over. Okay. Number five for me is Modest Yahoo. Now we mentioned him on the Stocking Stuffer episode uh, great guy. because uh, a great musician because we pulled in a Hanukkah song and. Oddly enough, the non-Jewish guy pulled the Hanukkah song out, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and but, I can't believe I didn't think of that one. I love that song. Anyway, go on. Such a great tune. Yeah. We kind of touched on Modest Yahoo before. He's a Jewish reggae rapper that has positivity throughout all his music. Like I said, we already brought him up with Miracle in the Holiday Songs episode. But he's got other great songs like King Without a Crown, Lord Raise Me Up, and his cover of Message in a Bottle. I don't know if you've heard that yet. Yeah. Uh, by the police with his added rap verse, which I think is great. But my favorite of his is One Day. And yeah. the chorus in that song is just great. All my life I've been waiting for, I've been praying for, for the people to say that we don't want to fight no more. There'll be no more wars and our children will play. Just such good stuff. His music is funky, poppy, reggae-based awesomeness. And his positive message really comes across whether he's singing or rapping. Just a great artist. Music with a message, definitely. I'm with you. Fantastic, fantastic musician. Love him. What's your number five? Okay. Boy, this is a hard list. I went for my number five artist. I went with the Neville Brothers. And I, Good the choice. Neville Brothers are, as a group themselves, the four brothers, five brothers, whatever it is, yeah. they weren't hugely significant as a group. They all had, Aaron Neville obviously has a very distinguished career as a yes. solo artist, yeah. Arthur Neville with the meters, but they came, they did put out some studio albums together as a group. They did. And one of them in particular, I consider one of the best albums ever made, and it's called Yellow Moon. Yeah. It is a blistering and yet empathetic commentary on the state of the world. Uh-huh. It's full of songs that make you think, yeah. and as we said before, inspire you to to want to do better. If I had to pick a song to stand in for the whole album, I'd pick with God on our side, yeah. which discusses this idea that we all think we're our actions are justified because whatever group we belong to must be the most important group. But there's so much more to it than that. It's also just so musically, it's so amazing. Every, there's no bad song on the tr- on, on the album, yeah. and there's no song that doesn't make you think on the album. Let's go with the Neville Brothers, and the, we can play. That, we can play that song. That's my number five. Cool. This is one another one of those lists that could have changed week to week easily. Yeah. What's your number four? My number four is a group called Jars of Clay. Never heard. I mean, Matt's sitting yeah. there shaking his head at me. Never heard of these guys. They're not very famous. They had one song that came out that got played on the radio a little bit in 1994, I believe. It was a song called Flood. These guys from Illinois are classified in the genre of Christian pop music. And yes, they're definitely Christian, but they don't meet the expectation of that type of music where the music takes a huge backseat to the message because the music's almost never good when you look at that type of stuff. (laughs) But for Jars of Clay, it's the music that comes first. And they're influenced by bands like R.E.M. and Toad the Wet Sprocket. They have amazing songs like Disappear, The Valley Song, Reckless Forgiver, Dig, Worlds Apart, All My Tears, which is going to be played at my funeral. I don't have... You get a top five or just one? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great list. A great great podcast topic. Sorry, go go back. Back to where you were. I don't really have a favorite of theirs because I like almost their entire catalog from their acoustic stuff to their full-on electric jams. And they do a really good job of putting their own mark. And like we've said, when you cover a song and you make it your own, that's the best kind of cover. They put their own mark on old standards like What Wondrous Love Is This and The Little Drummer Boy. 
these guys almost musically can do no wrong. And their positivity and the lyrics that they use are, are just wonderful. That's my number four. Okay. What's Wait yours? Mine. Okay. I really struggled with this one. I had so many hip-hop artists on my long list. Yeah. And to narrow it down was just nearly impossible. There's so much good commentary in hip-hop. There's so much good calling out of the ills in the world that yeah. you can find in that genre. It was really hard. And I, in the end, I just kind of flailed around, stuck my hand in the drawer, and picked something out that was a personal favorite of mine. Okay. And I'm noticing a theme in mine. A lot of the times, these are artists who are not consistent with their inspirational or philosophical quality, but they've done something that's just amazing. Right. Uh, and this was a, a, an album by Cool Modi. Okay. Uh, the the album Knowledge is King, and I'll if I have to uh, pick a song from it, I'll go Pump Your Fist. Okay. Um, cool Modi was not necessarily what you think of as the most philosophical guy. I thought you were going to go with Public Enemy. Well, I was going to say, could have been Public Enemy easily. Yeah. Could have been Tupac. There's a lot of ways I could have gone with this. Could have been some of the guys that were doing stuff now, which is amazing. He has plenty of songs that are the typical sort of uh, old school OG, if I if I may, uh, <laughs> uh, hip hop from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. He's an extreme principled guy at least that's how he comes through in his song in his songs uh, I love the song Pump Your Fist I love the album Knowledge is King I Go to Work is another great track off that there's a lot of good, good tracks that's a personal favorite of mine Cool Modi my number three is a band called Need to Breathe. I don't know if you know those guys. Nope. This South Carolina band is not afraid of their southern musical roots. They use a banjo and a harmonica in some of their songs. But make no mistake, they are a true rock and roll band. They're a positive force with their lyrics and their music. Songs like The Outsiders, Wasteland, These Hard Times, Keep Your Eyes Open, and Garden. Another one of my favorite of theirs is Slumber, which is a great song to get you moving and motivated. Here's some of the lyrics from that. All these victims stand in line for crumbs that fall from the table just enough to get by. And all the while, your invitation. Wake on up from your slumber, baby. Open up your eyes. Wake on up from your slumber, baby. Open up your eyes. Cool. Just good stuff. I mean, very positive message throughout. And the music is amazing. All right, you're number three. Okay, my number three is the closest I'm going to get to a single song, but it really, the song represents the artist's whole career in a way. Okay. Not whole career, but the story of the artist. It's Sam Cooke. Yeah. And represented by the cha- by the song, A Change Is Gonna Come. Yes. And Sam Cooke, like many Motown artists at the time, was very popular with white audiences. And that yeah. was a really fine line to tread because he was dealing with the beginnings of the civil rights movement. He was experiencing prejudice himself, but he kept being told by the people around him, no, 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 no don't make waves. Yeah. Don't don't write a protest song. You're going to regret it. You'll lose your popularity. You'll you know you'll go broke. Anyway, in 1963, he made a, res- a reservation in a Holiday Inn by phone for himself and his wife in Shreveport, Louisiana. And when they got there and they saw that he was black, they said the place was full. Started yeah. an altercation. The band ended up driving away, blaring their horns to another hotel where they were arrested for disturbing the peace when they arrived. And he uh. said, "I I can't you know I can't do this anymore." Around the same time, he heard "Blowing in the Wind" by yeah. Bob Dylan. And said, how can a guy who's not black write such a powerful song about racism and I can't do the same thing? So he wrote, A Change Is Gonna Come. And everyone tried to talk him out of making the record. He did. It became a very important song in the civil rights movement. He became a very important figure. And who knows what he would have gone on to 
had he not died young in a fairly complicated homicide case, which we won't yes. go into now. Yeah. But he does have a few later songs in his catalog which have the same expression, but you can see the potential and you can see the feelings inside him. And I think it's just a, such a powerful expression of what he must have been going through at the time. I love the song. I love Sam Cooke. It's not Twisting the Night Away or Another Saturday Night. or I mean, yeah. this is not one of those hits that's meant to be get your feet moving and just throw everything's great. This is, this is something that confronts you head on with the injustice of the world. Great tune. Yeah. So my number two band is Switchfoot, going back to my shirt. The San Diego band is a hard rocking force for good. They're big surf guys, being from San Diego, obviously. They're also huge Padres fans. They have this thing every summer called a Bro-Am, which <laughs> combines surfing and music to raise money for San Diego kids in need. But the thing they do best is rock with songs like Dairy to Move, Stars, Happy is a Yuppie Word, Where I Belong, Afterlife, and If the House Burns Down Tonight. They actually had a couple of songs called The Sound and Hello Hurricane that were featured on ESPN broadcasts after they were released <laughs> in 2009. So so you may have heard these guys and just not known it. The one song of theirs that I've listened to the most, I gotta say, is Hello Hurricane. I had it set as my alarm for about an entire year after my mother passed away. And it helped me to get up and get moving. Hello Hurricane, you're not enough. Hello Hurricane, you can't silence my love. I've got doors and windows boarded up. All your dead-end fury is not enough. You can't silence my love. Such a great song. Great band, love all their stuff. They practice what they preach doing the stuff with the Bro-Am and, and other issues like that. That's my number two. What's your number cool. two? Well, it's almost a clone of my number three in some ways. It's a, a lot of echoes. Uh, almost yeah. the same personal story, but it's Marvin Gaye. Yeah. And I'll use What's Going On as my example. And from the album, What's Going On, which is full of socially conscious songs. And yes. Marvin Gaye, like Sam Cooke, was a Motown artist who was discouraged from speaking about anything controversial because he was hugely popular with white audiences. He was even considered a sex symbol. And this is in the early 60s. And unless I've got this wrong, he was married to the sister of Barry Gordy, who was the founder of okay. Motown Records, who said, don't, don't rock the boat. Just keep singing your songs that everybody loves. You got a great voice. You, Ain't no mountain high enough. Yeah, it's all good. Just yeah. shh. Anyway, <laughs> he couldn't ignore what was going on around him. And right. uh, while, while Sam Cooke was inspired in 1963 by his personal experience, Marvin Gaye was inspired in 1965 by the riots in Watts in, right. in Los Angeles. He's reported to have said to himself, while, while the world is exploding around me, how am I supposed to keep singing love songs? Right. And he was influenced by a colleague named Ronaldo Benson, who was in, I want to say the Four Tops. I could be, have that wrong, but another Motown artist who had written some great stuff. He decided he was going to take these issues head on, not just race relations, but also the Vietnam War, the ecological crisis, and the entire album, What's Going On, has songs such as, let's see, Mercy, Mercy Me, The Ecology, Inner City Blues, What's Going On Itself, Save the Children, God is Love, What's Happening, Brother. These are all yeah. songs that are reflecting on the, the state of the world, not in a personal way, in a very universal way. Right. It's also incredible music. Marvin Gaye was a one of a kind artist and uh, also has some cool innovations too just as a footnote on the song what's going on the, he took two vocal takes and the producer accidentally mixed them together oh wow and he loved the way it sounded so he wasn't the first person to double track his vocals but he was the first Motown artist to do that and he yeah. also wrote this wrote the album so that each song segued into the next one almost like a concept album would yeah. and it, it is in fact a sort of a concept album uh, yeah that hadn't been done is. in Motown before because Motown was really designed to pump out singles singles yeah, yeah. so so that's my number two, Marvin Gaye, and use what's going on as an example of that. 
Okay. What's your number one, Seth? My number one band, and if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you probably saw this coming from a mile away. <laughs> a mile away. It's you two. Oh, I was wrong. I thought you were going to say Rush. No. <laughs> okay, no. go, 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 go. It's got to be you two. To steal a page from Bruce Springsteen's speech that inducted the boys from Dublin into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uno, dos, tres, catorce. One, two, three, fourteen. Now that's some <laughs> rock and roll calculus. These guys are definitely more than just the sum of their parts. And the positivity and great music are part of the answer to that equation. Rebel songs like Sunday Bloody Sunday. Other songs like Vertigo, where the streets have no name. I Will Follow, 140, Elevation, All Because of You, Mysterious Ways, Beautiful Day, Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, God Part 2, Stand Up Comedy, Ordinary Love, and way too many others. But the one that I've kind of been focusing on lately, it's Invisible. And it's because the ending lyrics are so simple, yet they're so profound. There is no them. There is no them. There's only us. There's only us. And if the world followed that, it would be a much better place. Got to go with you two for my number one. We'll get to Rush and the Honorable Mentions. Yeah, me too. But that's my number one. Cool. What's top of your list? It's right on my t-shirt. Bob Marley and the Wailers. And particularly Bob Marley, who obviously was the, the songwriting force behind the music. One Love was named, I didn't know this, the Song of the Millennium wow. by the BBC. Uh, although I would have chosen War, if I have to choose an example, I would have chosen War because it speaks so poignantly to the, the hidden side of war, the, the yeah. cost of people who aren't involved in the combat. Bob Marley was an amazingly spiritual, political, and also positive person. And he reflected that through all his songwriting. Even the stuff that's not about politics is spiritual. It's about a universal experience more than a personal experience, for the most part. Some songs, like No Woman, No Cry are about a very personal experience, but they reflect a larger universal truth. Bob Marley, I, don't, I didn't actually know this until I started looking into this. Uh, he was the victim of an assassination attempt yeah. at a political rally. I hadn't realized that. He was hit, and he still performed. Or he performed did the just whole show. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, the people who are trying to make the world worse aren't taking a day off. How can I? Exactly. Which expre- expresses exactly what he was after. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and has a peace medal from the United Nations. So that should tell you something. Yep. Uh, his whole catalog is full of socially conscious songs. I mentioned a few. Buffalo Soldier, Jammin', Redemption Song, Rat Race, No Woman, No Cry. I, I did mention Natural Mystic. Uh, so much trouble in the world, who the cap fits. And the, again, it's not always political, but it is often political, and it's always spiritual, and it's always universal, and it's always about making the world a better place. Just a hugely inspirational artist. He had a light side, too. And I mean, that's the thing. The music doesn't yeah. drag you down. You don't get tired listening to Bob Marley. You just get energized, even if you're confronted with these large themes. The music from him has always just been just awesome. Yeah. All right. Honorable mentions. And the whole whalers. I shouldn't ignore them. Don't forget the whalers. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Honorable mentions. Rush, obviously. They've had a number of songs. The one that comes to mind, you know, being politically conscious is Witch Hunt, which is my favorite Rush song of the minute. I mean, that changes every now and again, but I've always loved Witch Hunt. Great song. Before you go on with yours, Rush is on my honorable mentions list also. And I always consider them a very philosophical uh, band. I I didn't even come up with Witch Hunt, but I I just noted... Witch Hunt, The Trees. I I noted The Trees, Subdivisions, Limelight, Closer to the Heart, Red Barchetta, uh, Free Will, just as a few examples of their message. Really good stuff. Another group that I had on was uh, Mute Math, which is... I love these bands that almost nobody's heard of. They started as between the singer and keyboard player who was in New Orleans and the drummer, Darren King, who was in St. Louis. They would email each other beats 
and melodies and put stuff together and they finally said we got to be in a band together <laughs> and they wrote songs like Control Typical Chaos and In No Time really great songs and going back to Canadian power trios the, the, the next on my last on my honorable mentions list is Triumph with songs like Fight the Good Fight Never Surrender and All the Way amazing music very positive themes and music that moves you what's the rest on your well, the honorable the, mentions the, list. the two bands that just didn't crack the top five, but I really wanted to find a way to squeeze in there, or two artists, I should say. Uh, one is Flowbots, a very... Uh, Who's that? Flowbots? Oh, they're from, I believe, Colorado. Okay. Uh, mixed, sort of a mix of styles, but a lot of rap. Very, very politically aware. Um, their song Handlebars, I think, is a, an amazing song. It's one of my favorites, and it really expresses the angst of the modern political situation very well. Okay. Another one is, I didn't include him because I didn't think anyone would have heard of him, Shinehead who's one of my favorite artists, sort of a roots reggae rapper from Jamaica who cool. was in New York and has a lot of other influences too, but just a brilliant lyricist, great rapper. He's uh-huh. covered a bunch of Sam Cooke songs, which is one of the reasons I like him, and oh, a cool. bunch of Bob Marley songs. But his whole catalog is is really, really clever in the way it addresses the perils of the modern world. I don't think you can have this conversation without mentioning Bob Dylan's name. I yes. think Bob Dylan is more responsible than any one single person in making rock and roll a place where big ideas are expressed. Before Bob Dylan and Bob Dylan's influence on John Lennon, rock and roll was a place where you went to talk about dancing and uh, driving cool cars and stuff like that. I think Muse is a great band for talking about big stuff, big thoughts. I like their take on the world. I think Radiohead's always very uh, thoughtful and thought-provoking. Bruce Springsteen, someone someone I wouldn't uh, immediately jump to, but he's got a lot of songs which reflect the the difficulty of living in the modern world. Grateful Dead, another one that I'm not prone to mentioning very often. (laughs) Neither of us are. Very philosophical. And Pink Floyd, and Pink Floyd definitely was setting out to take, yeah. to give it, give you a more of the inner world than the outer world. Give you their thoughts on what the world was like and how uh, how we live in it. Tough list, good list though. If you want to listen to the songs that we mentioned on this podcast in their entirety, check out the Spotify playlist that we've got in the show notes to hear them all. Seth and I have a favor to ask. If you are enjoying Extra Credit, the Rock You podcast, please do us a solid and go ahead and share it with friends. Also, if you rate and review it on whatever podcasting platform you listen, it will get to other people and that'd be good. We want more people to hear about this stuff that we think is so cool. So share, rate, review, and thank you. All right, kids, we're back, and it's time for feedback again. You guys have been doing a really good job of sending us stuff. Keep sending us stuff at... Podcast at rock-u.fr. Yeah, send us emails, or even better yet, send us a voice recording, because we have one of those this time, and all I'm going to say is you're going to love it. We might have to shut down the the feedback section after this segment. I don't know about shutting it down, but... Well, it's going to break the internet. A lot of us are going to have to step our game up, you and me included. That's right, and this is we got a lot of stuff to cover, so I hope you did your face push-ups, Seth. I kind of yeah, did. Yeah. We're going to go episodes 17 through 22, because you've right. got something from 17. I just have one comment. Episode 17 was our sad songs episode, and we just have one comment on that from Benita, who says, Thanks to Seth for including I Can't Make You Love Me by Bonnie Raitt. It brought me back to her Nick of Time album that I hadn't listened to in a long time. Every song on that album is a winner. And you're, I, well, You're I'm welcome, Benita. Yeah. Glad that you got yeah. back to listening to Bonnie Raitt. 
Episode 18, we're on to that top five songs about bands and musicians. We did feedback on that episode, and, so we're not doing feedback on feedback. And the one-minute matchup was artists personalized. Do they actually I don't think matter? that got any comments. We did ask people to send in their lists about right. songs about uh, both this episode and the next one. Send in their lists. So. Yeah, we got one list from Ryan from Paris. He says, fun episode, sticking with the criterion that they had to be songs unambiguously about bands or musicians. I looked to see what I had on my phone that you guys didn't mention, and here's what I came up with. Number five, a tie between Superstar by the Carpenters and Black Velvet by Alana Miles. Sounds like a top six list, Ryan. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Both are out on the pop end of the spectrum, but it's a big tent, right? After all, Superstar was co-written by Leon Russell. Number four, Portland Women by New Writers of the Purple Sage. Okay, a little obscure and out of the country end of the spectrum. But again, it's a big tent, right? Number big th- tree. Yes. Number Lots three, of branches. Loadout slash Stay by Jackson Brown. Technically two songs, but always played together. How did you miss these? Is That's a, a good comment. It is a good comment. Yeah, yeah. And now he's getting say? a top yeah. seven. I was just going to say, though, uh, I'm familiar with Loadout and very familiar with Stay. I never heard him played together. On the radio I, that I grew I up with, if, I never I've, heard of Loadout I think I've heard him on the radio. We had a radio station that loved to play songs to put yeah. together. So those I've heard those. Together. I know that's close to your heart. Yes, it is. Okay. Number two, Truckin' by the Grateful Dead. Um, straight down the pipe and not obscure, but no mention. <laughs> and then uh, his number one is Pretending by Eric Clapton. Seriously, on any list of rock songs about bands, this one's pretty tough to beat, musically and lyrically. He says he's going to limit himself to one honorable mention. Here's a fun one somewhere out at the edge of the big tent by a musician you've probably never heard of about another musician you've probably never heard of, Rachel Goodrich by Elijah Cross. I've never heard of either of those two Me folks. Me neither. So you're dead on, Ryan. Me neither. He says, so much music, so little time. And I just want to add that Ryan sent us a Spotify playlist of uh, his top songs about bands and musicians, which I will place in the show notes when this episode airs. Nice. Awesome. Uh, also, I just want to say to Ryan, these are great choices. Honestly, I didn't listen carefully. never occurred to me that either trucking or pretending was about bands or musicians. I'll have to go back and listen carefully. Do you have anything else from episode I do. 18? I do. Bruce from Connecticut. Bruce. Sent me a, he's a, a frequent contributor to the show. Yes, he Sent is. me a couple of comments. First of all, he said, Ziggy Stardust would have been my number one. I'm glad it got an honorable mention. But shocked it didn't make either top five. In my mind, it's the greatest artist theme song album persona of all time. Good choice. I just didn't make the number one. Yeah. Or number top five, rather. Uh, he said, that said, the first song I thought of when I heard the category was Shooting Star by Bad Company. Maybe it's too pedestrian for inclusion, but it is, in my mind, an iconic artist theme song. It is a good one. My uh, band's actually played it. I, I'll just say to Bruce that I don't like the song, which is why I wouldn't have considered including <laughs> it. And I definitely think it, it qualifies to go on the top 50 list, but not the top five, personally. But that's a personal choice. Yeah. He says, I hadn't thought of Sgt. Peppers for some reason. Glad you mentioned it. That's a good catch. And finally, this is really interesting. I didn't know this. I know you don't like the Stones, but I just learned that after Satisfaction became a big hit, the record company went to the band and said, hey, we need you to do to make another Satisfaction to make it sound the same. So they wrote Get Off My Cloud, which is essentially a big middle finger to the record company. I don't know if it fully fits the category, but I thought that's pretty brilliant. And Bruce, yeah, that's a great choice. I had no, I didn't never thought of that. I never saw that about being about bands or music. I never realized that was about that. And, Me either. Because you can't understand the lyrics, let's be honest. Yeah. So, <laughs> 
It's a little different. Got anything for episode different. 18? I think that was it for 18. What about 19? 19, is, if you recall, was songs about music, and it was sort of paired with the songs about bands and musicians. Right. Um, so, yes, I got a few comments, including another list. Okay. Uh, you Great. Ready? You ready for them? Sure. Uh, Uncle Hiram writes in. Hiram. Hi, uh, Uncle Hiram. Yeah, it says, Barry Manilow's Copacabana, of all things, has a nice turn to acknowledge the lyrics in the music. After Lola's boyfriend dies years later, so go the lyrics, now it's a disco. And for a bar or two, the rhythm changes to a disco beat, then back. Maybe not a rock song, though. But it's a big tree, like we keep saying. Yeah. Happy to use a disco song anytime. Bruce is back. And Bruce has this comment because I included Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus in my top five. Right. And Bruce says, I have a decrepit iPod shuffle from years ago. One of those small <laughs> square ones that can only handle music that has yeah. my Uber playlist on it. It's mostly stuff like Beatles, Stone, Zeppelin, Kinks, Clash, Nirvana, Velvet Underground, Steely Dan, Beastie Boys, Cat Stevens, CSNY, etc. Also on there, Party in the USA. People give me grief about it, but it's impossible not to feel good when listening to that song. So I'm 100% with you on that one. <laughs> That's and awesome. he also also makes a comment about I think it was my number one yeah I know it was my number one Lose Yourself by Eminem yeah Eminem is brilliant he and Lin-Manuel Miranda who if you don't know wrote Hamilton right are right up there with Shakespeare in terms of how they manipulate the English language I'm sure you've seen interviews with him but there's one from 60 Minutes where he rhymes words with orange yeah and I've talks about and talks about reading the dictionary as a child just reading it straight through very impressive I will put a link to that interview or that clip in the show notes it's amazing what he can do with language I have one more on 19 you got one more on yeah. Well, I've got one since 19 was the top five songs about music. We did take two, and then we had the one minute matchup on best singing drummer. But you Mine's go with about yours. music. Yeah. Do, do the music because I got one about the matchup. His Honor Al writes in with his list. He says, Okay, here are my five with a few honorable mentions in no particular order Graceland by Paul Simon. I did consider that one. Good song. Way Over Yonder in the Minor Key by Billy Bragg and Wilco featuring Natalie Merchant. Wow, I got to check that out. I do yeah, not know me that too. song. I don't know that song at all. All Your Favorite Bands by Dawes. Good choice, and Al is a well-known Dawes fanatic. Okay. Super 8 by Jason Isbell on the 400 unit. Don't know that one. Porcelain Monkey by Warren Zevon. It's not often we get a Warren Zevon mention. Yeah. Uh, he says, play it all night long, a close second. And his honorable mentions are Analog Kid by Rush, which I know Such will make you Such an happy. amazing song. Really good choice. And Silly Love Songs by Paul McCartney and Wings. Thank you for letting me play along. Well done, Al. Good, good list. Good job. Let's hear your night. All uh, right. Episode so 19 comment. This was even before he listened to the podcast episode. <laughs> Rob from Austin says, before I listen, best singing drummer better be Fred LeBlanc. Glad, <laughs> glad that I could make you happy, Rob. <laughs> nice. All right. Episode 21, you got anything? Do we have anything for episode 20? The oh, nothing. Stuffer? I got nothing from that. Do you? Nope. Don't okay. have anything from that. You yeah. must have loved the Christmas song so much that we just... Or too busy unwrapping your presents, I guess. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Episode 21. I've got a couple. I think you've got one there too, right? I've got one here. Actually, I've got two. I've got one from Lauren that says... Fun podcast. I didn't know a couple of Seths. I think I'm too mainstream for you pros. You guys sound really great. I'd like to see your faces on a show. Lauren's been hitting the bottle a little too hard. You don't want to see our faces. You don't want to see, the, dude, the, Just the glare off our the, bald heads would, yeah, would blind that, you. That would, that would ruin the entire video. What's the I, other one? The other one is oh, yeah, right. uh, my buddy Nick in Houston says, dude, Chris Layton, I think I asked for something on this, and Nick's the only guy I think that came back with it. Chris Layton was the drummer for Double Trouble, and I had to look up Charlie Sexton and the Archangels. Impressive deep cut. But Mark and I are disappointed at your lack of Devo knowledge. Jocko homo, girl you want, satisfaction, are we not men, we are Devo, gates of steel, freedom of choice, and the one that I miss, canary in a coal mine. 
Also, Mark Mothersbaugh wrote the score for Wes Anderson's The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Another thing, Fountains <laughs> of Wayne's first single, Sink to the Bottom, was pretty big at UT when I was there, says Nick. Great song. I got to defend myself on that. We got another okay. person who commented about the lack of Devo also. They aren't hits. I'm sorry. I, I love Devo. They're, They're not just not hits. hits. They didn't crack the top 40. They don't right. have a lot of streams on Spotify. Devo's great if you like Devo and you know their stuff, and I like a lot of those songs too, but the only two songs that had any commercial success really beyond sort of beyond a moderate commercial success were covers. Yeah, but I mean... Whippet was their only real big... Whippet was big their big only commercial song. success. Yeah. Good so stuff. I'm not trying to be defensive. No, I love Devo. And <laughs> yeah, a lot of people had comments similar to that about other artists too. Okay, I've got two comments on the One Hit Wonders episode. First of all, Kieran says, excellent. Regarding the Tommy Two-Tone song and a bit about the album, I have it too. Funny, I left a ton of albums in the US when I moved to Paris, went to get them 20 years later and hundreds had been, quote, borrowed, unquote. <laughs> But not that one, <laughs> perhaps because it was a one-hit wonder. Probably. And then, Seth, I have a comment here from Matt, who is a, hmm, if I'm reading this right, a music educator and musician in Paris and podcast host. <laughs> I, I don't know who this is. I was waiting for someone else to call you out on this, but no one did, so... So you're going to call me out I'm on gonna this? I'm going to do it. You're Mark- not even going to give me a chance to get to take two and, and do my own I, I, I know, I thought about it. I thought about it. But Mark Ronson, <laughs> I, I just can't get behind One Hit Wonder. Maybe in the Ameri- if you only use the American charts, yes, but he had a, a, a number of other hits that can made I, it to the top can I stop two, you three, five just in for other a countries. Second? Sure, you, of course you can. Okay. That's all I'm going to say because about it anyway. Because the, the thing about yeah. Mark Ronson was... Yeah. When I looked up on the Billboard website right. and pulled it up, and yeah. if you remember, my deal was it had to be in the top 40. I know. I know your criteria. Valerie, for some reason, is not on the Billboard website. And I couldn't figure it out because right. I know that they released Valerie in the U.S. Right. And it hit huge numbers everywhere else. No, it's, yeah. But yeah, yeah. for some reason, Billboard didn't have it on their website, which is I'm, what threw me for a loop. But I thought, you know what? Maybe. Yeah. For whatever reason, it just didn't chart that high, but it yeah. did. But it did. It did. Just not in and the U.S. Mea culpa, just not in the U.S. All right. Well, culpa, Mark Ronson is not a one-hit wonder, and I will you. I Thank will you. own up to that. But I, I guess I've never made a mistake on this podcast. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. Yeah, that's why we do take two. Yeah, so I know, but I, I just couldn't wait. That one I couldn't wait. I just, just I can't believe nobody else caught that. All right, fine. We've got one more comment on episode 21, and this one is an audio recording, and it's a twofer. We have a comment from Hallie and from Bill. Hallie's is about the, the frequencies of music, and Bill's is about one-hit wonders. And just spoiler alert, Hallie is my mom, and Bill is my stepdad. So, <laughs> Well, good. We got audio recordings. Keep sending those in. Hi, Matt and Seth. Bill from Chicago here. And Hallie from Chicago here. We especially enjoyed the One Hit Wonders episode because we actually were familiar with some of the songs. So, as you might expect, we've got a few comments. Bill first. Maybe familiar, but I always heard Build Me Up Buttercup as Fill Me Up Buttercup. Okay. So, I just want to give a shout-out to Bach, whose well-tempered clavier, a suite of preludes and fugues in every major and minor key, was a celebration of what the new art and science of tuning could do because they sounded good up and down the scale. I also want to comment on the use of minor keys. In Jewish liturgical music, almost all of what you hear is in a minor mode, as is its offshoot klezmer music. And Gershwin famously brought minor keys into the music mainstream with his first hit, Swanee, which is in F minor. 
Now, about that A at 440 hertz, that's what the oboe plays to tune the orchestra. The oboe as a reed instrument is notoriously difficult to tune, so everybody has to tune to it. It's also loud and clear, and its tones are without vibrato. So the oboe player will play his or her A, the violin concertmaster will then play his or her instrument, and the orchestra then tunes to the violin. Keep up the good work, guys. We learn a lot, even if we don't always agree with you. Moving on to episode 22. I got a lot about this one. This is Go Bad Songs it. by Great Artists. The brown Eminem writer for oh, Van Halen, yeah, yeah, yeah. and right. uh, our mixtape's dead, yeah. I'll start with the one comment we got about the mixtape, Okay, uh, which was from Mark. Mark Heim, been mentioned really? on this podcast many times. All Mark did was he sent a photo, no comment, no, no, he's a man of few words. Words, if you know him, yes, sent a photo of a USB key that is actually designed to look like a cassette tape, and you slide the USB key out of the cassette tape. Yeah, it's brilliant, awesome. Mark. Brilliant. I will see if I can find a way. I don't know if you can include a photo in show notes or a link to it or something, but yeah, I don't that know was cool. where you find those. Yeah. But I want one now. You want me to go first here, or uh, with yeah, the rest? You, you okay. go first. So let's <clears> get <throat> bad songs by great artists uh, kicked off with Doctor Other Phil. Okay, and uh, Seth, Doctor Other, Doctor Other Phil. Yeah, Doctor Other Phil. Doctor Phil. Do not. Get no, 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 them no, no, confused, no. and it's actually it's it's actually Doctor Other Other Phil because the confused anyway. Okay, <laughs> uh, Doctor Other Phil shares your love of Van Halen, and He's probably could go two to toe to toe with you on Van Halen arcane knowledge and every little detail. So he had something to take you to task about okay. when you identified. I believe it was what was the song without you, without As, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I so, just picked one at random off that horrible album. Well, here you go. So Doctor Other Phil says, "Okay, I'll preface this by saying I'm a huge Van Halen fan. Huge. That's all." caps and often an apologist especially with some of their weaker stuff however that's all caps too i have nothing that's all caps too wrong with your pick of van halen 3 is the weakest of all van halen releases i actually thought you were going for diver down with your t-shirt then we would have had some words but even in your wisdom never 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 even in your wisdom you fumbled without you is one of the best tunes on the album yes gary's voice sounds different but i think they were trying not to sound like extreme and in some cases not like van halen either and everything on van halen 3 is listenable except one and it hurts me to say it because Eddie Van Halen is an innovator, a guitar god, and an influencer of so many. But one thing he ain't, he ain't a lead singer. And how many say I, no matter how many times I go back to it and try to give it a chance, is one of the most god-awful, <laughs> cue Christmas vacation rant, no good, rotten, four-flushing, overstuffed, blood-sucking, hopeless, heartless, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed, sack-of-monkey, bleep, song Van Halen ever slapped their name on, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, love the show, guys. Keep up the good work. And you're the Van Halen resident expert, so I don't know this track. You don't want to know that track. Good. <laughs> so just leave it alone. We'll move well, on. We'll, we'll move call on, Doctor Other Phil. Seth, your offhanded mention of Muskrat Love generated quite a lot of controversy. Who would uh, have thought that? <laughs> I was not expecting this. <laughs> so Other Phil, Other Other Phil, also known as Other 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 Phil, says in all caps. You punch your partner right in the face for me. I just got to the muskrat love mention. You punch him now, damn it. <laughs> Lauren. Wow, Phil. Says, maybe, maybe we ought to talk about a few things. <laughs> Lauren says, I'll try to forgive Seth for muskrat. She also happens to mention, I used Rihanna as an example, and she said, Matt, how could you? You were at her house, for cripe's sake. And it's true. <laughs> We've, I visited Rihanna's childhood home in Barbados. Uh, we didn't visit. It just drove past it, but anyway. Okay. Otherwise, great podcast. Didn't know a few others. And uh, she mentioned... Come on, Phil Collins, one of the hugest offenders, and she's completely right. I did not think about that. Phil Collins does have a lot of real clunkers in his in 
his catalog. He's got a few, yeah. Yeah. Kevin happens to be the bass player in the Doodads right here in Paris. Nice. Says, Matt, I agree with your bad song list. However, if you ever make another pun like that, I'm going to have to slap you. <laughs> he's referring to my saying that muskrat love you know, gives you the warm fuzzies or yeah. warm fuzzy feeling. I actually wasn't thinking about muskrats, but all right, fine. <laughs> Uh, just as bad as Stevie's lyrics on I Just Called to Say Something Utterly Banal, which leads well into uh, your very special feedback. Okay, so this is the best thing we've ever gotten on feedback. Catherine and Mark in Houston, and here's the note that leads up to it. We truly do enjoy the whole podcast and realized about six or seven episodes in that my husband and I preferred listening together since we kept wanting to talk to each other about the episodes. We came up with other examples of bad songs from our favorite artists in no particular order. Peter Gabriel, Kiss That Frog, and The Swimming Song. I like Kiss That Frog. Rush, I Think I'm Going Bald. B-52's Don't Worry, and Led Zeppelin, T for One. As a listener of other podcasts, I appreciate that yours has good pacing, editing, efficiency, and humor. Thank you. The structure is perfect. Thank you, Catherine and Mark. But the best thing that they sent us... Yeah, the best is coming now. ...is coming now. Listen to this. I just called to say this song sucks. I just called to say we love your show. Oh, yes, we do rock you. I just called to rock your face off. And then this song should be at the bottom of the charts. Of the charts. Of the charts. Merci. That was amazing. The bar has now been set so high. Yeah. This Let's is, see if you can top that, listeners. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys got to step your game up, and we need to step our game up after that. I love the accordion. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. So freaking amazing. So freaking amazing. Do we have anything else for 22? I do. And actually, I realize I, I I cut and pasted wrong. I have one for 21 also. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll go back to, back we'll, to episode we'll go 21 back to briefly. 21. Just a, a yeah. little parenthetical. Bruce goes uh, jumps on the, the Devo bandwagon but not not to question my musical taste but to question my scientific knowledge he says for whip it you said that it had 130 million streams and the next closest Devo song has 22 million. By definition, isn't an order of magnitude 10 times? That's only 5.9 times, so that wouldn't qualify. <laughs> and as I said, I think it's a, I think it's an extra placeholder, like an extra zero, but someone can someone else can write in or we can do that on take two. He also mentions Bob and Doug McKenzie's honor, the honorable mention that you yeah, threw yeah. out there. They also had a hit with their version of the 12 Days of Christmas, which is hilarious. They did, yeah. and it is awesome. I, I would just say that's a novelty song rather than and a, a beer yeah. in in a tree. Beer. Just great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Getting back to episode 22, we're going to give the final word, sort of, because uh, I'm going to have the final, final word. But we'll give the, okay. unless you have more 22s. No. That's... We're going to give the final word to Uncle Hiram. Uh, he says, regarding the Bad Song podcast, I agree that I just called to say I love you fully deserves to be on the list. I'm a strong Neil Young fan, but he has cranked out some stuff that missed the garage door. Didn't even make it into the right driveway. And Graham, <laughs> Graham Nash's Our House should come with a six-month supply of insulin, even though it's a widely beloved <laughs> song. But then Uncle Hiram takes me to task. We had a lengthy debate, which I'll boil down to one comment from him and one comment from me. He says, Arg, Stevie Wonder is not among the best the five best songwriters of the 20th century. He is not, not even close. Probably not even in rock and roll. Here are five random choices that kick his Tail. butt <laughs> over the fence and send it out the yard. Smokey, 
Neil Young, Dylan, Lennon or McCartney, pick one or two, Al Stewart, Rupert Holmes, Joni Mitchell, Robert Hunter, Dennis Wilson, David Bowie, Elton John, Don Fagan, and these don't even include jazz or classical, and oh, Tom Lehrer, and on and on and on. I realize this is subjective, but I firmly stand this ground. And I had a lengthy response, and we've generated more responses, <laughs> but I'll just sum it up with, I'll let Elton John speak for me, okay. which, who was on his list of someone who should be better. Elton John said, wherever I go in the world, I always take a copy of Songs in the Key of Life. For me, it's the best album ever made, and I'm always left in awe after I listen to it. When people in decades and centuries to come talk about the history of music, they will talk about Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, Ray Charles, and Stevie Wonder. He evolved into an amazing songwriter and a genuine musical force of nature. Elton John can have the last word on feedback today. Hey campers, spring break is coming up really soon. If you don't want to be bored at home, your parents aren't taking anywhere, come rock out with us. April 24th through May 5th, we are doing spring break camps for ages 8 to 16. Check them out on www.rock-u.fr. All right, kids, we're back, and you know what's coming. 60 seconds of wisdom being <laughs> dropped on your noggins by Matt and me. Matt, what's the one-minute matchup for this episode? A couple episodes ago, we handled who is the best singing drummer. Today, we are taking on who is the best singing bass player in Ooh, rock and roll. Okay. 60 seconds on the clock. Who's going first? Why don't you go, go first? I think I, I, think I went go. first last you, time. You, I think you did. So you, my you 60 ready? seconds start now. All right. So... Best bass player that sings? Getty Lee, obviously. Best singer that plays bass? Sting, I think. Police and the solo. Are either of those my pick? No, because it's best singing bass player. So I think you got to do both of them really well. Um, could it be Paul McCartney, Beatles, Wings? Could be, but not. Jack Blades from Night Ranger, another good guy. Benjamin Orr from The Cars. Nah. You're going to see my roots here because I'm going with Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. He's really good at both, and he made it look so easy. Uh, it's got to be my Texas roots, but I just love the way that he sings and plays. He was a true Texas treasure. Rest in peace, Dusty. And that's 53 seconds. 53 seconds. Nicely done. Uh, now, I have to ask. I'm, I'm ignorant. I don't know the answer. Did he sing lead? Yeah. I thought Billy Gibbons sang all the lead. No. I didn't know. Okay. He trades off like Tush. Didn't know. That's him. Didn't know. Yeah. Cool. They, yeah, they, he's great then. They would trade yeah. off. Yeah. They sound a lot alike, yeah. but oddly enough- They look uh, a lot alike too. <laughs> they, they look a lot alike too. But uh, Dusty, some of Dusty's parts were, were higher than, than Billy's parts. So. Okay. All right. Matt, 60 seconds. Start. You're ready, right? I'm ready. You're ready? Okay. I'm ready. Your 60 seconds starts- now well like the drummers list there's a few obvious choices and to me there's not much after that there's a big drop off uh, you mentioned a lot of them and yeah. pretty much everyone around here knows that my favorite band is the police and my other favorite band is the beatles and i really came down to those two guys um it's very hard to beat paul mccartney in any musical competition at all but paul mccartney was not did not start out as a bass player he started out as a guitar player, and when the Beatles broke up and he went solo, even though he played every instrument uh, on some of the recordings, he mostly plays guitar. So I went with Sting. Sting actually started out playing upright bass in a jazz combo in Newcastle. He, his, it's, again, 
How do you beat Paul McCartney to anything? I love Sting's voice. I love his songwriting style. And his bass playing grew. One of the interesting things about early police recordings is the bass parts are designed or written by him so that he could sing because he, he wasn't really comfortable doing both. His bass parts grew. He's also played some guitar in his solo career, but he is truly a bassist and a singer. Dude, right at a minute. Good job. Did I actually say Sting? You said Sting. I did. Okay, I wasn't sure if I actually said the answer. <laughs> so I went with Sting. Yeah, you said Sting about four or five times. Yeah. I couldn't remember if I said his name or not. By the way, just a little parenthetical thing about Sting. He didn't make that nickname up for himself, by the way. He made that up, when, or someone else made that up to tease him when he was wearing a yellow and black striped sweater. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Do that All, most of the best nicknames come from other people. So was there something on this podcast that you wanted to talk to us about? <laughs> Did we get something wrong? Do you not agree with some of the stuff that we said? Then you need to email us at podcast at rock-u.fr. Extra credit, the Rock You podcast is brought to you with support from our partners at Big Pebble Records. Big Pebble Records is your one-stop shop for all music production in Paris. Everything from the composition to the creative side, to the recording and engineering, to the mixing and mastering, to the distribution and publication and publicity. Check them out at www.bigpebblerecords.com. And of course, you will hear lots of Rock You musicians on that label. Extra Credit, the Rock You podcast, is a production of Rock You. Expertly engineered and recorded by my good friend Seth Hinkley. And our theme music is written and produced by Tom Walters. Rock You is a nonprofit association, Loi 1901, and we'll see you next time.